Welcome to Blind Love Radio. I'm your host, Anna Rosen. Enjoy these heartfelt conversations having to do with creativity, transformation, and the divine. Hello, hello, my loves. Thank you so much for being here and tuning in to Blind Love Radio. Today, I have a really fun guest. I have Naomi from Mother Writes on Instagram. She is also a tarot reader over at Sleepy House Tarot. You can find her there, sleepyhousetarot at gmail.com if you want to book a tarot reading with her. She is an author and a poet. She has a children's book out and a poetry book out, and she reads a poem from it and talks about where you can find those on Amazon in this episode, so definitely stay tuned for that. And I just loved this conversation. It had such a essence and presence of intuition and creativity, how those two combined. We talked a lot about tarot, we talked a lot about writing, intuition, creativity, just this like presence of the moon and everything that kind of goes along with that, all of the beautiful richness. Um, I just really enjoyed talking to her about her story and hearing her talk about it. It was a very beautiful unfolding and I'm gonna just get right into it. Here is Naomi. Smooches! Okay, so go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure, so I'm Naomi of Sleepy House Tarot, and I also write books. It's weird to say that, but that's what I'm doing right now. I love that. I want to... Ah, yes. Okay, so do you have a boy or a girl? I have a little boy. He just turned two, and... Yeah, it's really, it's been an interesting ride so far. <laughs> so how has it been being a mom and writing? Well, I feel like I've always been a writer and I've always, in some way, I've always been a mom, which sounds weird too, but um, I had a really big age gap with my younger siblings. I was nine and 11 years older than them. And so I feel like I've always had that um, motherly, like nurturing kind of uh, predisposition, I guess you'd say. So um, in some ways it comes natural, and then in other ways it is such a, uh, you know, mindfuck, honestly. (laughs) So when do you do your writing? I do my writing... um, just my attention is always splintered, so I take full advantage of nap time if I get it. Mm. But I also just have like a running, like giant list in my notes section of my phone where I'm just like frantically trying to get certain ideas out just while my kid is like, you know, running circles around me, which is every day, except for today, thank God. <laughs> so, where do you feel like you get your inspiration from? 
So a lot of places, I think I get a lot of it from dreams. Uh, I'll have dreams and I'll wake up and I'm like, I have to write this down or I'll wake up in the middle of the night and there's like a story and I have to write it. It's not like a, it's not like, oh, I, this has been percolating for a while and here's my idea. It's like, no, it, it like hits me in the face most of the time. But then other things like, I mean, I definitely get a lot of crossover with tarot and writing. So I had the six of cups just stalking me for like a really long time. And I'm like, what does this mean? Like, what is this about? Especially when I did spreads for myself around writing. And I was like, okay, so I need to write books for my kid. Okay, that's that's one piece of it. And then the other piece of it was that I wasn't exploring the stories that I already have from my childhood. Like I have a lot of really magical stories that um, I realized that, like I tend to tell them often word of mouth wise, but I don't write about them. And I was like, why am I not writing these things down? Because they're really, they're special. And other people might also think they're special. So that's where my newest inspiration for my book, uh, my friend Hen came from. Um, and actually I was approached by my illustrator. She was someone I knew already. And she was like, do you want to collaborate on a poetry book or something? And I was like, yeah, but can we do this first? can we do a kid's book? And she was like, yes. She also has a son and um, a, a little guy, not, not as little as my guy. He's, I think he's six, but um, so that's really where it came from. I already had this story and I, um, a, about a chicken that I was friends with as a kid. And I really do mean friends. We were not just like, Oh, this is my chicken. And I own this chicken. It was more like there really was a friendship there. And so I got more in touch with my inner child, um, and I'm continuing to do that. And so, like, it's almost like every day another story comes into my mind where it's like, oh, yeah, I had this other friend that was a mule. Like, <laughs> no joke, I had a friend that was a mule, uh, married a mule in my childhood. And so different little pieces like that keep coming to me, and I'm like, people might, you know, kids actually might like this, you know? kids that don't live on farms or kids that can relate because they do have um, animal friends. And it's such a simple idea. I can't believe I didn't think of it before now because I'm really finding my flow. I mean, I have like a ton of stories like this. Um, and so there's a lot of overlap. <laughs> that is so cool. So I picked like two cards before we started talking and I got the inspiration card from my oracle deck and then I also got the high priestess and then when you said that the inspiration is like coming from your dreams and it feels like this place of imagination and it's like like this watery intuitive reflective just pool of story and that's so beautiful I love that Thanks. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, I'm not surprised because I do. So one of my, um, personality cards. So like when he, when I like deconstruct my, my, the math to make my soul card, right. One of them is the high priestess. And I've always really resonated with that. And my soul card is, um, the lovers. And I've been looking more at my like numbers and stuff and uh, my year card is the chariot, which is a card I literally never 
I've never resonated with. <laughs> it's one of those cards that for me, I'm just like, I don't know why, but you are tricky. <laughs> you are it tricky is. for me. And so, but I'm really learning about the chariot through this year because I'm feeling so much momentum um, with my projects and I'm doing things that I always said I would do. I'm like, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it's like, now I'm actually doing those things and it's somehow easy. (laughs) I love that. I feel like that's when like you have like struck gold in your soul and you're like, oh, like this is, this is it. Like I found the thing I'm supposed to do. Yeah, it really does feel like that. I found the thing I'm supposed to do. And I think part of it is that, I mean, I have been all over the world and I don't mean that in a bragging way because in a lot of ways I was like looking around, like, where am I? Am I here? Am I in Austria where I'm studying abroad? Am I in Oregon? Is that, is this where I am? Like, no, (laughs) I've moved back to my hometown with my family for completely other reasons. Um, you know, financial and, and, you know, going from two incomes to one income and raising a kiddo. Um, so for completely other reasons, I am back in one of my childhood homes and I'm really reconnecting with really the positive side, you know, cause I feel like, yeah, there are parts of childhood that are really hard and there are parts that are really beautiful and special. And so in a way, I feel like I'm not recreating my childhood for my kid, but I'm giving him this gift of like, we have this house. There's lots of history in it. I'm really lucky that I get to live here and have it. And I'm also like rediscovering that child in myself who was so creative, who did not care uh, if other people wanted to read my stories, they are going to hear them, you know? <laughs> and so I, I feel like I went years of just like, are these stories good? Am I a good writer? Am I a fraud? You know, and I still have those feelings, but they're a lot smaller because I actually don't care anymore. I just don't care. You know, if some people think my writing is stupid, that is allowed. That's fine. But I'm still going to make it because I like it. (laughs) Yes. I feel like you're like coming home in a new way and like bringing this element it's just so indicative of the chariot card and especially with like cancer eclipse season was it like a big eclipse season for you yes it really was I um yeah I really have started paying more attention to the moon and to you know what season is this what season is that like I'm actually when I when I set out to do plans for them, it doesn't necessarily happen how I want it to. But regardless, something big always happens, always. And so the night of this past, you know, like the the day of the eclipse, right? Or the night, um, and wasn't it? Yeah, it was Cancer and Capricorn, right? It was mm-hmm. kind of like both. Um, and I'm a Capricorn, and Me my too. mom is a Cancer, right? Oh, so, I love that. Yeah, and so. We, um, we had like a really good conversation, a really healing conversation. And I also had in your face dreams about what I'm supposed to be doing. And it was, it was really intense. Um, and some stuff I want to share, like I want to just like spill out all my projects that I'm excited about, but I have to keep them. I have to keep some details, um, kind of on the DL at the moment because I'm not the only, I'm collaborating. And I realized that like collaboration is the key for me because 
it keeps me accountable to someone else. And I just, my Capricorn self, I cannot disappoint someone. I have to, you know, (laughs) I have to like keep working and make sure that I like do the right, you know, Mm -hmm. do the best I can. So, um, yeah, but I will say that I'm working on something that is more, uh, related to, you know, tarot and it's with, um, the, with the same kind of like childhood nostalgia theme in mind though. I'm really excited. Yeah, it's not it's not here yet, so I can't like fully explain, but I want to. (laughs) So, what of like how have you like learned anything by collaborating with other people? Have you always collaborated with other people? No, I am actually one of the many people that says they hate group work. Oh, me too. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, group work. Um, I like one-on-one is great, but like, yeah, it's hard. That is how I collaborate. I I usually only bring one other person in. um, And then I come up, I'm like, (laughs) something about being with another person too. I turn into like this motivational, like drill sergeant where I'm like, do the thing today. Like, yes, get your (laughs) stuff done, but you have to do this thing today because I believe in you. And it's not like, negative I kind of tell people up front like do you want to sign up to this crazy newsletter because I'm gonna be all up in every all your business telling you like you know encouraging you and some people that is not how they want to do it and we're just not meant to work together right now and that's okay but I'm like very activated and very productive and so I'm like if you need someone to like push you I will get in there and aggressively support your endeavors. I love that. Aggressive, creative support. (laughs) That's awesome. But but it's not for everyone, and that's okay. It's true. (laughs) You're not Nutella. You can't be for everyone. Right. But just, I mean, but Nutella's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so what is your favorite card slash like what card do you relate to the most or has been coming up for you a lot besides the six of cups? Hmm, such a hard question. I mean, the lovers have been really, and that's my soul card, but it has been really, really loud this year. If you know what I mean, just Mm -hmm. it comes up often and it is what I believe about the meaning of that card has been evolving as well. Um, and so, yeah, that, that card, and I pulled it on my son's birthday and he's also, he's a Gemini, but that's not his, um, soul card. I can't actually remember off the top of my head what his soul card is, but, um, I will say that my fiance, who's, you know, my son's dad, his platonic life partner, or not life partner, but, you know, platonic soulmate is how I would call her. She also has the lover's card as her soul card. And um, so when I see that card coming up, I just get really good feelings because I have a lot of love and gratitude for that person. Um, And so I think about her and her beauty and her, you know, wonderful heart. And she actually is part of the reason that we know each other. Like I wouldn't even have him if without, you know, her aggressively supporting him. (laughs) Um, And so when I see that card, I get, you know, good feelings, but also um, I just recognize myself in it so much more now instead of 
the, I don't know, I feel like the traditional meaning is so, um, I don't want to say shallow, but it's just not as deep as like, I'm, I'm taking the sweetness course from Lindsay Mac. I think Ooh. you've taken some of her stuff, right? Love Lindsay Mac. Yeah. Me too. Oh, me too. So much. And so even the fact that I'm on this podcast where she was on it, I'm like, whoa. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love I love her and I love her way of seeing it. So I'm taking her sweetness course right now to kind of deepen my relationship, especially with the sweet cards, because I feel like a lot of my tarot, I'm like calling myself out and being, it's like a tough love kind of exchange. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I chose to take her course, I was like, yes, I'm going to indulge and like accept the sweetness. And um, that card in particular, I'm just feeling lots of uh connection to lately and even you know that traditional meaning of like you know of like two lovers you know like the very shallow definition I mean I'm feeling that too I'm getting married this year um in October and I feel very aligned like it is the right time and the you know the right person and so just every aspect and angle and possible meaning of that card is like coming uh, to a head for me this year so that feels good <laughs> there feels like there's like so many different like synchronicities and alignments of like just thinking about the eclipses and like the cards that you're pulling and the just the projects that are be- like like you said how it's like gaining momentum and I feel like something's just been like dropped down a hill and it's like everything's just coming together where it's like you don't even need it just feels so effortless which is so beautiful yeah it's honestly so unreal to me at times where I'm like wait is this my real life because I mean of course there are things that are like rough you know like there are parts of like living in the town that I grew up in that I'm like you know (laughs) not easy um But then other things are coming together so well that I'm like, I must be doing something, like some moves are happening that are meant to, you know, click things into place. And so I'm also coming up on my Saturn return. Ooh. I was expecting like, you know, oh no, (laughs) oh oh no, (laughs) that sounds scary. Um, But then I got a reading actually from, I don't know if you know her, but Kira from, um, Birth of a Madam is her name on Instagram. No, but I'm going to follow them. Yeah. I, I really want to recommend her. Um, because you know, you always, I, I always at least want sometimes a reading from someone else, um, who I trust. And, uh, I actually won a reading from her and her birthday giveaway and I just had it and it was so exciting and special because I was like, listen, I'm freaking out about my Saturn return. I just need some reassurance that, you know, this is the year I'm getting married. This is the year that I'm, you know, making all these moves. I just got my, finished my degree that I'd been working on forever on and off. It's a long story. Um, I was like, I just need to know that this Saturn return business isn't going to like ruin me. And She gave me such a powerful, special reading that completely changed my mind about the anxiety that I had surrounding my Saturn return. Um, So I can't recommend her enough. She's amazing and um, deserves, you know, that recognition. And there was a part in the reading, one of the cards 
first cards that she pulled for me was the moon and there was a moose on this particular moon card and she's like who is your moose who is <laughs> leading you through the confusion of the moon and I was like I'm my own moose like it just came to me I was like me it's just me you know like I do have support and I do have um you know great teachers so many teachers but right now I'm not following anybody's charted territory I really feel like I am my own moose and so that became like this inside joke well now it's I'm sharing it but that's been my joke with myself it's like okay just be your own moose you know it's okay (laughs) that's so beautiful I feel like it's like accessing that subconscious in you too where it's like the answers that you know do you ever do like automatic writing or anything I have done it and I, it isn't part of my like every day, which I'm, it's kind of surprising. Cause I mean, I do write just all the time, but I feel like the reason I haven't been like diving into that is because again, my attention is so splintered that totally. I mean, I'll be like trying to write something and then my kid is like, Hey, Cheerios. I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm here. I'm here with you, kiddo, because I do want to be present with him, but, um, you know, (laughs) maybe that's something I'll do later today, because I have a kid-free day ahead, luckily. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I don't do it, like, all the time, by any means, but, like, my sister had gotten me the Artist Way book, and so I've been doing, like, a little bit of the morning pages, And I think just, like, recognizing that space of, like, when you're tapped in. Because I realize, like, when you're consistently tapped in, whether it's... It doesn't matter, like, what form it is, right? It doesn't matter whether it's writing or pulling cards or just being present with the Cheerios. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like when we're able to, like, really be in that moon card, I feel like we're accessing this, like, other layer of subconscious. And it's, like, it doesn't matter how we get there, I think, but, like, just, like, diving into it, it just feels like there's all these gems there that it's just so cool to, like, I feel like it's such a physical space. I don't know if you feel that way, but like... No, I do. I do. Especially going through... Because I had like postpartum anxiety and like a really awful pregnancy where I almost just felt like out of touch with my body where I was just like floating over here somewhere. Yes. I relate to that. And here's my physical reality over here. And I'm finally back in my body and I... I'm kind of dealing with some like health stuff right now, which is like boring, but um, even despite that, despite the brain fog, brain fog, if only, (laughs) despite the brain fog that I experience sometimes, I'm still very much like, it is a physical thing. Um, And I feel like when I was going through that that, um, tough pregnancy and tough postpartum, you know, basically it lasted like two years of like, ugh, what is my life? Where am I? I'm not meant to do this kind of feeling. Um, when I was going through that, it was the opposite of finding gems. I felt like I was in like going through like this desert of like, is there water over here? What's happening? Like, where can I go? Um, where, where can I find that? Like, yeah, where can I even find, like, a tiny gem? Can I just find, like, a tiny gem to, like, let me know gems still exist? 
Um, and so <laughs> I'm starting to, you know, like heal from that experience. And um, yeah, I am physically, I feel like finding gems all the time. Um, and for a while, even when I was though going through that desert of like postpartum anxiety and, you know, all that stuff, I feel like dreams were always where I lived because mm-hmm. if I, if I was able to get sleep, which with a newborn, it's not always the case, but when I was able to get sleep, I would have these very lucid, vivid dreams. And then one place that I go during my lucid dreaming or, you know, projection or however you want to call it, because I do physically feel out of my body. The place I always go is the moon. Like always. on the moon or like in yeah. that card of the moon? No, no. I feel like when I dream and I'm like, suddenly I have that realization of like, oh yeah, you're in a dream, Naomi. Now what? I never, I'm never like, oh, let's go to France. You know, I'm never like, oh, let's go to this place you want to go on earth. No, I'm like, let's go to the moon. I don't know why. That is so I, cool. It sounds so cuckoo. And no, it doesn't. Not at all. <laughs> I feel like I dream in places. Like that's the biggest sensory input I would say like I definitely have that feeling of like traveling outside of my body to a different like place but that but I and I can never like decide where I'm going to but like certain places will come up on repeat but that's Uh so cool that you're like the thought of going to the moon I just love it yeah I mean I even take it a step further and I'm like Let's plan a dream meeting. So the next time you're in a lucid dream, just decide, hey, let's go to the moon. And then I have like dream meetings yes. on the moon with people that I talk to in my real life. And so <laughs> I know it's like so out there. When I tell people that, they're like, no, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I think it's awesome. I feel like that's such a great way to spark creativity. Like, so I feel like, will you take those stories and then write about them? Or, the moon stories? Yeah. I've never thought about doing that, but I did. Can you I, please like, make a book called Moon Stories? <laughs> like a children's <laughs> book? That would be so cute. Yeah. You know, I could do that. I should do that. My first book that I ever, like, tried to, like, publish or do anything with was poems. Just Mm-hmm. From right after my son was born, I wrote basically from a couple days before he was born until his first birthday, and I just collected all those poems, and I pulled out the ones that I, like, definitely didn't want to share, and then one of those poems, it was called Mother Word, uh, poems from the first year, right? But um, one of the poems that a lot of people told me really touched them was actually about the men. Well, there's two about the men. Yeah, there's two. There's one, because I call my son, his name is Lewin, which is a Welsh name, um, but I tend to call him Mooney, and I don't know where it came from. I love that. He's always been Mooney. Even when he was, like, a tiny baby, he was Mooney, and um, I remember, you know, like, there was one night I could not settle him down. He was mad. No amount of titty was going to fix it, (laughs) (laughs) so we went outside. It was a warm night. Um, and he was, I don't know, he was less than a month old, but the moon, I'm surprised we could even see it. Cause like we lived in Portland and it wasn't like great 
it wasn't like great visibility for this guy, but, um, so I, anyway, I showed him the moon and I was just talking to him about the moon and maybe just being outside was helpful too. But that story, um, of how the moon like calmed him, made it into that book. And, um, a couple of other, I think I actually wrote a, a poem also about, um, hugging the moon. Like last night I hugged mm-hmm. the moon, something, something, I forget. But anyway, I don't think people realized I like literally did hug the moon. Like literally in my body, I felt that I did. So <laughs> oh, I feel like you are like one with the moon. You're, you're so high priestess. I feel that way too, but I also feel, I don't know. There's some part of me that's like, I have a hard time claiming it. I have a hard time being like, yeah, yeah, I am. Because I don't, I don't know. It almost feels like I'm, I don't know. I don't think I'm like. It almost feels like it's not you, but you like, that's like your environment. It's like you are like placed in the scene, but like you're your own person within it. Right. I think that's a good way to, 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 uh, to put it. Yeah. And it's not how I would have thought of it, but I totally, I agree. I do agree. I was just thinking too, I, um, not this eclipse, but when there was like, you know, the big, the, the big Leo eclipse. One. Yeah. The one that happened like a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember experiencing that with my, with my kiddo and with my fiance out in our yard and it was super special. It was only partial because we didn't go to the site of like, you know, where the big, like the full thing happened. We were just in my yard in, in Portland and um, it was super, it was super special. It was super exciting. And um, I didn't want to take pictures. I didn't want to like do anything. I just was like, this moment is a landmark for me. Not a landmark, but yeah, yeah it's kind of, it's a mark in our relationship and my kid's childhood and just everything. And like during those few minutes when it was happening, I was like, it's going to be okay. This is going to be fine. I'm going to get through this. My kid's going to grow up. We're going to (laughs) deal. I don't know. I just took a lot of comfort in that space of like, oh, it's super hot and gross outside, but oh, but we get these few minutes of like wiggly moon all over the side of my house and yeah. I kind of wish I'd documented it more. That reminds me of like, I'm reading Tara Brock's Radical Self-Acceptance. I think that's what it's called. And, and she talks about just like being at peace with like whatever the moment is. And like, even if it's like you're uncomfortable, not like getting down on yourself because you're uncomfortable too, or else you end up like staying stuck in it and you can't then allow for like the cycle and change. You know what I mean? Like it's just this beautiful like acceptance of the moment. That's just what it reminds me of what you're saying. I should definitely take more moments like that instead of waiting for some sort of uh, cosmic event. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm kind of trying to work on, you know, like planning, making plans that I really want to do, but also being here right now. Like I have a hard, I have such a hard time with that. So what do you feel like, do you feel like your creativity cycles or do you have like any thoughts about that? Like cycles you've gone through with your writing? Um... For sure. 
So I feel like when I was writing, um, I did some freelancing and academic writing in college, and I made very little personal work that meant anything to me. And I think that was part of it. But I also just was, I think I had some underlying issues that I just wasn't confronting. And it really like blocked my creativity. And so as I'm, as I'm getting older and I'm not, I mean, I'm 28, I'm not like getting older. I mean, everyone is, but you know what I mean? Hopefully, um, it does cycle. There's some days where I'm like, I don't feel like writing anything. So I, so I write a sentence or something and I just write, I write something and I don't, I don't like make it a big deal on myself. Like, Oh, you didn't write anything today. Are you really a writer? Like, yeah, I have that little voice sometimes. Um, but like, yeah, I'm still a writer, even if I didn't write a full whatever today. Um, and then I have some days that I'm just like firing words out. Like there's just so many things flowing out that I can't even get them down. And so if I can remember through those kind of like drought moments, like, Hey, it's going to come back, like relax, like stop freaking out. It will come back. You always get more ideas. There's always more ideas always. And if I can just remember that almost like a mantra, like, yes, there are more ideas. It's okay. There are more ideas <laughs> Then I can get through it. And I, it comes easier because I'm not stressing. Cause I feel like I've actually done like literally like years of stressing about not getting enough words out. I think we're all inherently scared of that. Like our last idea was our best idea and we're never going to have another one like it. And like the well has gone dry, but I feel like it's all an illusion. Like the well is, it's never going to go dry. It's connected to the ocean. And the, right. And oh, that's such a good, yes. that's a good metaphor. <laughs> it's like the ocean will never dry up, hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully, yes. (laughs) So what, let let me see, what else? What are some of your favorite books? Hmm. So it's so hard to, it's hard to pick. It's Circe right now, or is it Circe? You know, the the Greek goddess? (laughs) Cersei oh. or is it Cersei? I don't even know. I've never heard it out loud. <laughs> I think you're right. Maybe Cersei. I think so. So I'm reading that right now. That's just what I'm reading right now. And uh, I'm I'm years behind on reading it. It came out a while ago. But I'm loving that. Um, the first book, and this is going to sound weird maybe or silly, but the first book I ever read that was like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to write stuff. It was actually Me Talk Pretty One Day by David Sedaris. I love that book. Me too. It's so I read, good. I read tons of books, but that was the first book where I was like, I can write some some weird shit, you know? Yes. We read that in middle school. Or I feel like like my middle school English teacher had like mentioned it and she like gave a little talk about it. And I remember like it was so shocking to me as like being so young and hearing about those concepts like they're talking about the kid like trying to like find lines on the floor to do and just like snorting up like all of like the dust and debris and like creating such imagery like that's so like 
not pretty, like, but so real. Hilarious at the same time. Yes. And it's like creating, I don't know. It's so cool. I totally agree with you. So that's, that's just the book that like came out to me right now. I mean, that answer for me will change. It changes all the time. I have a different book, but, um, oddly enough, my preacher at the time was who introduced me to that book. And I was going through a really hard time. I had like, I was 13. I remember I was 13. My house burned down. My stepdad died and a bunch of other bad shit. Oh my gosh. And my preacher was actually, or pastor, you know, however, he was like new to the church and I was like, kind of like, I don't know what I believe. I don't know if I'm meant to be here. And he's like, it's okay if you're not. And, um, we did this road trip for like, a we're doing cleanup, I think for Hurricane Katrina, maybe we're doing some kind of road trip where we're doing like volunteer work. And it was a really awful time. Honestly, I got pneumonia and had a really bad experience, but that's neither here nor there. We talked about that book on the way. And he also was like, it is okay if you don't believe what I believe. And he was the first person to actually let me know that um, it doesn't matter to him, at least. He was like, you don't have to believe in God. You don't have to believe that in Jesus, you know, being the savior and la la la. And he was like, I have a friend that worships the universe. And I was like, oh, wow. So like my brain just like opened, like was blown, you know, my whole world opened up with this one road trip where I realized he had had this whole life before he, you know, was doing, you know, pastor stuff. (laughs) And, um, and we talked about that book and I read it and it was just like, oh my gosh, the world is so much different than I thought. And that year, it, that book also like kind of pulled me out of this like really low place as a young adult. Um, and anyway, yeah. So that's why I think that book came up because all of those things, I mean, I'm living in the house that my stepdad and my mom bought right before he passed away of cancer and right before we got, you know, I guess I was already going to that church, but Anyway, all of these memories, all this stuff from my childhood, hard and and good, you know, different. It's all, I mean, who knows what's good, right? Like, all these things have led to my unfolding and in a way have been, you know, air quotes, good. <laughs> that feels like such an amazing reflection of, it makes me think of the emperor. Like, somebody holding space for you in a way that allows you to completely be yourself like they are strong enough in themselves and what they believe in to be open to other ideas and not needing to have anybody conform to how they are that's just so beautiful yeah he um his name is Pastor Miller, he's still a pastor, but not at the same place. And he had such uh, a, pro- a profound effect on me as a young person. And I thanked him as an adult, but especially, I mean, I was insufferable at that age. Like a lot of 13 year olds, I was just like on my own trip. And I just, as an adult, I look back and I'm like, thanks for putting up with me, first of all, because I was going through some shit and I wasn't like the kindest, most compassionate person, but I was also 13, right? Um, but yeah, I have a lot of gratitude for him. And then my other, so the high priestess, and then my other personality card is actually the emperor. So it's interesting oh. that they both came up because two and four, you know. Yeah. 
lovers. So it's interesting that all, all my cards have kind of come up in this interview. I love that. I'm getting a good read on you for our, for our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> so you said you just got a degree. What were you studying? So I had started my degree right after high school in um, journalism, communications, and I was on that path for a while. I studied abroad in Austria for a year, and that <laughs> was part of part of a series of events that led to me dropping out with one class left. Uh, one. The one agony. This is going to be an infuriating story. I'm so sorry because I've been... I've been infuriated about it as well. But so a series of kind of traumatic events happened and I was at a point where I was like, I don't even want to fight financial aid anymore. I don't even want to sit in this one super easy peasy American history class that I have left. I just want to like seriously like just like ghost this whole shit. Goodbye. (laughs) Which is what I did. I was like, fine. Goodbye. And so I took a job where I was traveling and I ended up in Northern California where I met a friend who was like, I live in Portland. Do you want to move there? And I'm like, sure. I don't know what else to do with my life. I'm a dropout. <laughs> like, I just like fully embraced, like, I will never go back to school. That That's over. Um, but then when I was in Oregon, I was there for a few years. And I was like, maybe I want to go get my degree. And so I looked into school and how much it would cost and would the tr- credits transfer. And anyway, it's, it's boring, but it was not going to work out while I lived there. And so... When we moved back here, um, I was still, you know, in the kind of in the deep, like, ugh, momming is hard, and I'm not sure if I can survive living in my hometown space. But I was like, at least while I'm here, I'm going to finish my degree. Um, and so I did that. I had a lot of help because I could no longer get my uh, like degree that I wanted. I had to go through um, interdisciplinary studies. So I have an English slash journalism interdisciplinary studies degree because I had so many English credits because I just took those classes for fun, like creative writing or whatever. (laughs) So um, I just got lucky that one of my mentors, his name's Andrew Smith, actually, um, his wife, who's also a dear friend, she worked in the administration and she worked for that office and was like, we got to get your degree finished. Like, stop having the excuses. Like, I will, I will make the moves, do your paperwork. And so I did. And in the end, all I had to do, I took one class online for American history, and I took um, a class where I basically, it was like a culminating project. So I had to write a really long essay, and I was like, great, because (laughs) I I can do that. And so I did that, and I actually wrote it about Dolly Parton and her Ah, effect on Tennessee history. (laughs) I love that. I love Dolly. I love it, too. I was so happy they let me do that, because... Dolly Parton, if anyone is, like, my patron saint in life, it is her. Yes. Capricorn power. Yeah. She is a Capricorn, isn't she? Yes. Working nine to five. (laughs) Yeah. So my next thing, like, if I could just, like, make my dreams come true Mm -hmm. is that, because I covered so much about her, like, not just her musical career, but all her, like, amazing philanthropy and all that. And so if I could just, like, have anything I want, you know, I would um, really like for some of my books to be in the Imagination Library. Like, that's my big dream. Ooh, I love that dream. 
I know. So I keep telling people because I feel like the more people I tell that that's my big dream, that maybe it'll happen someday. Oh, it's going to happen. Maybe. For I sure. So. Oh, no, it is. So here's something weird and like a synchronicity kind of like thing that happened. So my mom, my mom, she always comes up in these conversations. She's very supportive. So that's part of it. She's my cancer to my Capricorn. Right? Yes. So her hairdresser, who's like really awesome, wonderful person, her name is Shelby. I don't know why that's important. But Shout out anyway. to Shelby. 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 Drink of you, Shelby. Um, <laughs> she, um, she like recently had like worked on some Christmas movie doing hair with, for, with Dolly Parton. Yeah. And it's just like, if I had just known, if I had oh. just known, I would have given her the book and da, da, da. I'm like, it's okay, Shelby. <laughs> Drink your juice, Shelby. Um, it's okay because I really do, I do wonder if there's like, there's a reason Dolly Parton keeps like showing up in my life. Yes. Can so, you please um, write like a children's book about Dolly Parton too? I feel like that would be really fun and cute yeah. as Dolly Parton as a cartoon. <laughs> I, I think there are some books like that, I, and so I'm not I'm not sure about like the legality of it either. Like, is there some sort of like trademark? Something, I don't know. Something. But Dolly Parton on the moon would be really fun. See, maybe that's what I maybe that's what I'm meant to write. Maybe it is. I don't know. You can dream about it and let us right. know. I just need to go to sleep and be like, all right, give me that book that is going to make the imagination yes. library shortlist, and then maybe I'll. Maybe I'll go to the moon and write it in my dreams. Yes. I love how, like, Einstein says he would, like, nap and then catch himself as he was falling asleep and then do his equations. Like, I feel like science, writing, like, it all lives in that subconscious well. That liminal, that in-between space. Yeah, where everything's possible. That's so cool. Yeah. Or your conscious mind isn't, like, nagging you and getting in your way. Yeah, totally. So how did you find tarot? Did we already talk about this? I don't think I asked you. No. So my mother, well, so my grandma, my mom's mom, Nana is what I call her, she actually was really into astrology. And I wish our house burned down, like I said, so we don't have, like, the charts that she did for us as a kid. But I wish I did have that because it's so special. I remember her charting out everything in my hand. So she was interested in that. And then my mom, she was also like a great herbalist. And I had no idea what that even meant. So like I grew up like in her garden, meeting with plants with her. And I didn't notice or like care. You know, I was just like, this is how everybody lives, right? Everybody is like, you know, like talking to trees and like whatever. Um, and so my mom actually had a deck of cards when I was, I guess I was a teenager, probably around, I mean, I was in this very house when I discovered these cards, which is weird to think about. But, um, so I was like in what is now my bedroom and I found her cards, I think like in a dresser and she's like, Hey girl, you don't need to be touching them. Like you don't need to like unwrap and unbox my cards. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like I get it. But I would all the time. I would like get in there and, you know, mess with her stuff. And like, like we do as uh, teenagers. And I was just super into it. I was just like, wow, what is this? And so I feel like ever since then, I was off and on kind of like interested and like, Ooh, what does this mean for me? I want to like get readings. I want to give my friends readings. 
And so I kind of did it like very, very casually for a long time. And until, um, I guess it was like last year I started being like, okay, I'm serious. I'm going to give people readings, but I'm not going to charge money because I had this like block about money. And I've always had that. It's just, it's me. It's not anything else, you know? Um, and so then this year I was like, you know what? I am spending my time and I am like learning so much. Like, and I love doing this and people want to pay me. There was a point where people were like, no, you are taking money, which was so nice. But I was also like, I don't know, should I do that? And until finally I had some friends that are like, you need to take money and take this seriously. Like, this is your, like your destiny. Like just get over it basically. So (laughs) So I did sliding scale for a long time, which was awesome. And so now I have an actual like rate, (laughs) but it was a long road to get to that rate because I just have a hard time with like paying myself for any creative or intuitive stuff that I do. I just have a hard time with it, but I'm over that now. I, (laughs) I charge money and I feel pretty good about it. Yes, how you should. And how do you feel like, that got me thinking like this idea of your ancestors being from a healing background. Where do you feel like, because I feel like creativity and healing kind of go hand in hand. Do you feel that way or what way do you feel like words are healing and when we create we're healing and kind of any ideas about that? Yeah, so I... My mom was a teacher, or was a teacher until recently, and my grandma, she was the one that was, like, the person that read to me all the time, and she was a very prolific poet. She wouldn't call herself a poet. She wouldn't call herself an astrologer. She wouldn't take the label witch. She wouldn't even, like, associate any of this with healing, but I know. I know who she is. (laughs) I know what you are. (laughs) I know who you guys are. Um... So I just, I think it's all on my, my, I mean, I have, I have connection with my father's side, but I feel like the words and the creativity and really the healing aspect of everything I do came from my mother, my matrilineal line. And so I don't know. I I don't think it's like super necessary to have, uh, you know, to grow up with certain things, to be able to be like a intuitive or to be a creative person. But I do, I do feel like it's really special. And I'm like very grateful for that. Um, for those times that I, at the time I just, when I was a kid, I was just like, this was normal. This was my life. I was just like playing outside, writing stories. I mean, I've written probably like many, many books, um, as a kid, just like scrawled on the back of some like I don't know what <laughs> papers. Um, I remember my aunt actually gave me this big, this big thing, this big roll of um, what is it called? It almost looked like um, paper for when you're taking like a polygraph test. Mm. Yeah, really yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like I don't know with what, the I don't two know what lines that. on the side where you can like rip it off. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That. And so I remember just writing and writing and drawing and drawing on this like big scroll of paper. It almost makes me want to get another big scroll of paper. Yeah. <laughs> because, 
there was no beginning or end. There were no rules. I mean, I basically ignored the lines or, you know, used them for my own purpose. But, um, yeah, I kind of forgot about that. But that was like, that big silly roll of paper was like super necessary for like my early writing adventures. I feel like there's someone, if you're blessed to have somebody who gives you like the creative tools when you're young it's like it gets ingrained in you where it's just natural and it becomes like this thing where you're like of course I'm a writer like I've always been a writer it's like kids you it's like you don't have any blocks about it and you're Uh able to just like take it and run and like make these amazing things yeah I definitely had um, a lot of encouragement from my family with writing, but even with like remembering back now, I remember my family getting me on Christmas. I was like really into Lord of the Rings. I mean, I'm sure that's obvious, but I was like really into it. <laughs> and it. I remember getting a set of Oracle cards that was Lord of the Rings themed. Yeah, I, mean, I wish I still had them, but of course they don't. But because of that house fire, but um. Now I want to look for a set because, yeah, they, I, remembering back, they weren't really keen on me doing tarot and astrology related things, but they did get me Lord of the Rings Oracle cards. <laughs> I love that. It's like a meeting in the middle. They're like, you're not ready for the full thing yet, but we'll give you this in between. Yeah, it was awesome. I think they just, I don't know if they really connected like what they were or if they were just like... Lord of the Rings, buy a fork, that's what she wants, goodbye, you know, like, I feel like that was probably it, because, like, in a household with, like, two other kids, and then I I have, like, a pretty blended family, so I also have an older brother, who has a younger brother and sister, just like me, but, anyway, confusing, but in, in a family where there's, like, lots of children, you're just, like, you know, probably they were just, like, okay, Naomi wants uh, a bag of school supplies because I was I was like really into school supplies and like aluminum foil and tape and like random stuff like that and so they would buy me like I remember one year on Christmas they bought me aluminum foil and you know like markers and also just like wax paper and all these different like just household things because they were tired of me getting like a little mouse like scrounging around (laughs) and finding stuff to piece together that's awesome like all of these like potential ways to be creative yeah yeah I didn't even it's so funny because I haven't thought about that uh you know those kind of gifts in a while but that was like uh, that's the gift I remember you know I'm sure I got a lot of you know Barbies and things like that and I I remember playing with that kind of stuff and that was cool but um the stuff I actually really remember is that stuff that yeah it lended itself to being made into art you sound like such a fun, precocious kid. I think I was like a big mess. <laughs> I think I was into everything. And I think my son has a lot of that. You know, he's like a climber. And he's only two, but he is just... I know kids are into everything, but he's just like ready, you know? He's like into life. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it's like so hard when you're going through it. But on the outside, like the messiness is like what makes a story so beautiful and intoxicating. And like you want to hear more. And it's like it adds this richness to an otherwise like shallow life 
where it's like, you know, it's like it forces you to go deep within yourself and it's so cool. Yeah. He's, uh, I, I, I try to remember that, you know, like I have this book called beautiful oops. It's a kid's book. And I have to remember beautiful oops because my son found a crayon that I thought I had all like put up and he's like totally just went to town <laughs> on my, um, you know, original woodwork in my house. Uh, <laughs> oh, but it's okay. Yeah. You're making art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard in, pra- in practice, but in theory, it's great, right? No, I, but no, I do have to remember that. You yeah. Know? So like, no, it's a good reminder. Like, I'm glad that he's an active child. I'm glad totally. that he's like ready to explore and make stuff and yeah, make art. But yeah, he runs circles around me. I'm just like, I'm like hypothyroid mom over here. Like, okay, I need more coffee. Like, help me, help me. So what are the rest of your signs? Like what's your moon sign and your rising sign? Okay. So my moon sign is Leo, which is also my fiance sign. He's a Leo. Love Leo's. Love Leos too. Me too. I the people that don't like them, I'm just like, what is wrong? Like yeah, Leos I don't are get so it. I love it. They shine um, bright. What's up? They shine bright. Yes. They're so loyal too. They're just so loyal. And I love that. Um, and then my rising sign is Gemini. My Ooh, son's Gemini. Yes. I love Geminis. I'm married to a Gemini. I like them too. I, I've always had friends that are Gemini. And I feel like they're also underappreciated. I feel like your rising sign is like really who you are. And I feel like that makes so much sense that you're a Gemini rising with like how easily the writing comes to you and, you know, with it ruling communication and storytelling and it being so like ingrained into your psyche. It's so cool. Yeah, I definitely have started noticing and appreciating my other you know signs than just my because my Capricorn people are like you're so not a Capricorn I'm like I'm like the second whatever it means you know there's like the three Uh sections of Capricorn I'm like the second one what are the sections I've never heard that they're like they start with a D decant is that what it is they're so your deacons deacons yeah okay Uh uh-huh so I'm only, I like a lot of these words, I've never said them or heard them out loud. And so I'm like, people are going to think, I don't know what. No, but. I feel like I heard something that said, if you ever hear somebody who can't pronounce a word, that just means they're really smart because they read the word. Right. That's not a word that somebody around <laughs> me would ever say, but that's a word that I read. Yeah. And I'm so, I am not an astrologer. I feel like it took me a long time to come around to astrology. Um, and there's like a couple of reasons for that, but I feel like I just met people that were like really deep into it and then they weren't like the kindest people to me. Mm. And so I think that was part of it. And just like, it can be like a confirmation bias instead of like an actual, like a self-reflection tool. Mm. But now I'm meeting all these people who are into it, who are super compassionate, nice people. And like, they're not using it as excuses to be jerks. Right. Mm. Yes. I've come around, especially, you know, I feel like what I know of astrology, if I can weave it into what I know about tarot, I get more depth in my readings. Yes. 
I love that. I feel like we've covered so much. I know. I feel like I just told you my life story. I love it. Everyone's going to love this. That's how I am, though. I mean, I just, if, if you ask the right questions, I'll just lay it all out there. I mean, I'm not, I'm not someone that has many secrets. It's hard for me to even, like, hold back the things that I'm working on because I really just want to be like, and I have this, and I have this going. You can come back on and tell us all the projects when they're ready to come out to the world. I would love to. Yes. Okay, so is there anything else that was left unsaid or explored? Or what you want to, like, leave us with? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess... Will you read us one of your poems? Yeah, let me do that. Let me do that. Okay, I'm going to find... I'm actually going to find my book that I... Yeah. If I have any left, that's the thing. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I'm Take your time. Walk to my room. Which We're is on the pretty... move, people. Let me see. Because I, um, I think I ended up selling like every single copy that I had in my possession, which is a good problem to have. That is a good. But problem. now, as I look, I'm like, do I have a proof laying around somewhere? I don't know that I do. I want to read you the moon poem. Wouldn't yes. that be perfect? That would be perfect. Know. Maybe I have an actual, like, physical, like, the first draft I wrote. That would be also cool. That would be cool. Sorry. <laughs> you might see, like, the the crustiness of my house. Okay. <gasps> Good. I found house. it. So this is the Ooh, book. I love it. She's getting her hair done holding a baby. Mother yeah, words. It's me. It's me. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm breastfeeding him at the hairdresser, <laughs> and my mom took that photo just out of nowhere, and I was like, this is perfect. It is it is weird perfect. to have my own face on my book? <laughs> no, I'm obsessed. I'm a hairdresser also, and I oh, cool. love when people are breastfeeding their kids while I'm doing their hair. I'm like, this is so empowering. You're like taking care of yourself. You're taking care of your baby. I love it. I just realized I have like three or four poems about a man. Um, so let's see which one. Whichever one your favorite is. It's so hard because like every single poem in here was like really um, <laughs> painful <laughs> to write in some way. Okay. I think I'll just, I'll read you Mooney. Mooney. Oh, well, here's that one that I mentioned. Sorry, I keep... Okay, I'm going to read you Mooney. Okay. (laughs) The one I mentioned, because I do call my son Mooney, and I just don't know where it came from, but this one has a lot to do with, like, cycles of moon, so... (sighs) I never read these out loud, sorry. That's okay. okay. I call you Mooney. The night you were born, the moon was waxing. My milk came on the full moon. I remember holding you, nourishing you in the warm night, the evening air calming you in a way we could not. Now you pointed it, 13 full moons later. Wow. (laughs) I love it. Oh, thank you. That was so beautiful. It felt like so much impact in like each sentence. Thanks. That's how I'm trying to write my kids' books, too, because I don't want to overwhelm the page, but, you know, I want to... uh, You get across the feeling, though. 
Thank you so much. That's a huge compliment. <laughs> I loved it. Thank you so much for reading. I know like reading your poetry out loud feels so vulnerable too. It does. I, um, right after I published it, my mentor who I've mentioned already, Andrew, um, he's the other, he's got the other podcast I'm going to speak on next week, but he was like, come to my class, read your poem, sell your book. And it was, it went so, I don't want to say it went bad, you know, but it was super uncomfortable because I'm sitting in this room of students who like, I don't think they necessarily wanted to be there. There's extra credit. And I'm reading about like (laughs) giving birth and like seeing my own like placenta. (laughs) There's all these like college boys there that are like, I have a question. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's just like cringe. Yeah, I'm so but at the same time, it was really, it was good for me, you know, to get it, to get it out there, but. <laughs> that feels extremely chariot too. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Oh my God, right. totally. Yeah. Like being seen and being on stage and like really showing this mask to the world that you put on. Like, here I am. And that was earlier this year before I ever, like, I wasn't. I wasn't thinking like, oh, what's my card of the year at that time? I was thinking, oh my God, I put this yeah. book out and what if no one cares? <laughs> you know, like what if no one cares? But that was not what happened. A lot of people cared. A lot of people bought my book. Um, but yeah, that is charity. So like, chari- charity. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me and talking all about your life and your writing and your son. And oh my God, I'm reading that beautiful poem. Well, thank you so much. I, I'm super honored. You've had so many like people that I look up to on here. And so being asked is like a huge honor. And yeah, you made me feel comfortable because I feel like um, I was coming into it like, oh gosh, what if I say something like, silly or I don't know I keep using that word silly but like obviously none of this is silly no and I feel like I'm the silliest human alive so it's fine (laughs) right there's nothing wrong with silly there's not a thing wrong with that no it's so joyful I love it well thank oh tell everyone where they can find you and where they can find your book and where they can book tarot readings with you yeah sure so my instagram is mother writes like the action w-r-i-t-e-s um and my where you can find my book is they're both on amazon.com so if you just look up naomi townsend my first book is mother words poems from the first year that i just read that poem from and my other book that just came out is the kids book my friend hen oh and i wanted to also mention my illustrator who is a fabulous uh pottery maker and mama and she's a, an amazing illustrator and her name is Lara King and you can find her at DD and shark on Instagram I think she's also on Etsy but yeah definitely wanted to give her a little shout out because she's been she's just amazing super super helpful with uh, the collaboration and with even just momming in general she's someone who's like excellent so yeah the way you book a reading i mean i'm also on i'm on facebook so my facebook is sleepy house tarot it's a page and you can book through there that's probably the easiest 
the easiest way. And I do all my readings over Marco Polo. That's why I'm a, a Zoom chat noob because <laughs> I use Marco Polo, which is kind of like a video walkie talkie app. I'm like a Marco Polo evangelist at this point. I'm like, please get this app. I say that to like everyone I know because it saves the reading. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So if you get a year long read, like a spread for your whole year or something, when it's like August and you've got your reading in January, you can go back and be like, what did Naomi say about this time? And you can kind of, yeah, you can re-listen. So. I love that. Yay. Thank you so much for coming on. Everybody go book a reading and buy her books. Multiple. (laughs) And I'm so excited to hear about like what else you do and what other projects you're coming out with. So thank you for sharing your talents with the world. Thanks for having me so much. And I love following you and seeing all that you're doing. You're like super inspiring and you have your hand in like so many pots and it's awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye. There we go. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode with Naomi. Definitely connect with her on Instagram at Mother Rights, and you can find all of the links for her books and tarot readings and all of that there in her bio of her Insta. So connect with her, and if you want to connect with me, I'm at Blind Love Tarot on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who might also like it. And if you also love this podcast in general, please rate and review it. It really helps other people find the podcast, and that's the goal, to spread the word, spread the love, and thank you for helping me do that. Um, I will see you guys next time. I'm sending you so much love and good vibes and lots of love for this Leo Aquarius full moon that we're going to have in a few days if you're listening to this live. So I'm sending you a lot of love for that. And that's it, guys. Thank you guys for listening. I love you. Mwah.